You are listening to the B2B Marketing Mindset with Pete Monfrey and Bill Lowell. We want to help demystify marketing to reduce risk, drive more and better opportunities and grow your business. Are you ready to master marketing? Today's episode about relationship marketing, right? What does that mean? What does it mean to you? Um, they're saying I can be a little louder, so let's turn that up a little bit. Um, but this is what I love. I've heard this a million times. Marketing doesn't work for us. Our, our business is all relationship driven. And I think to myself, how unfortunate this otherwise intelligent person has no idea about the potential of using marketing approaches to drive more referrals and maintain longer, more profitable relationships. Then I realize my mic is hot, but my point still stands. Um, you know, when I think of marketing, I mean, the, the very core of it is all about the relationship to your customer. So how, how do you get this, this to this point where we have it's mutually exclusive? Well, we're relationship driven. We don't do, we don't do marketing. What are you kidding? Now, 50% of those people think it's sales, but, but anyway, I thought it would be a good, uh, a good discussion today. Um, you know, we're talking about starting relationships, nurturing relationships, strengthening relationships. Um, yeah. And you had a you had an interesting point earlier before we went live, which I've now forgotten. It's okay. <laughs> I just said it was one of my favorite uh, one of my favorite topics to chat about. So one of the things that I was just saying is that a lot of times organizations get so busy in doing their work for the customer that they don't take time to step back and let the customer know what it is that they're doing or what they accomplished or any of the other good things that are about that. And all of a sudden, in a way, they almost go into like this hole and uh, people go, what have you done for me lately? Why are, you know, why aren't you doing this when Technically, you might have really been doing a lot of work for them, but they just haven't heard from you. And you know, so that was my point. It's like it's it, relationship driven can be like we were talking about Pete, so many different things. But you, right. You can't I mean, it comes back customer. to what do you mean by relationship? And I, most people think meat relationship, you know, meat sacks. You know, it's like, yeah. oh, this is what you know. So this is the equivalent of, hey, how are we going to grow this company? Let's hire three more salespeople. Right. Yeah. Brute force, I call it. Right. Well, yeah, you could do that. And sometimes it works, sometimes it's not. Uh, but it is the most expensive way and also the, the least scalable way to get a message out. See, that's where marketing is supposed to come in, where it really helps you scale your message uh, and measure what's happening. But maybe the outcome you want from your marketing is stronger relationships, right? Longer lasting, higher transaction, average transaction. Marketing, I was saying, can be a hose. Like, what fire do you want to put out? You want to put out that fire or this fire? I mean, what is it that drives your business? Um, and I think that's where these folks don't understand. I make fun of them, of course, because I make fun of everyone. But, uh, it, you know, it's, the, it's a lot of the same ideas, but it's just the output that is different here. Yeah. And so when you look at it that way, it's like, oh, tell me more about this marketing. Uh, we work on relationships. One, one of the things, if I can just jump in, that kind of drives me crazy, and I think it goes back to your earlier point when you were talking about, oh, we're just going to hire some more salespeople. Do that. You know, I think if people were, whoever the listeners are right now, if they're here 
now and they're listening to this and they're going, why is this important to me? I would, I would submit to you that, ask yourself this question. Are you a vendor in the eyes of your customer or are you perceived as a partner? And if you're, if you're a vendor, you got a whole lot of work to do. And, and if you're a partner, then obviously you probably have already done some good relationship building. And then Pete and I will probably just talk about helping you to refine some of the things that you're doing right now or adding some things to the equation. But if you're, if you're perceived as a vendor where your business is transaction oriented, we have a lot to discuss and probably well, your, take us 10 podcasts. Your value perception. Yeah, that's, that is a subject for 10. Um, yeah. But your value perception there, I think, is what you're getting at is vendor versus trusted advisor, as Sandler calls it, the relationship uh, curve. And it's a curve exactly. because it's easy to slide from advisor to vendor. Uh, yeah. And so, you know, a vendor is only as good as the last thing that they did, where an mm -hmm. advisor uh, has a higher. So you talk about relationships, they have a longer uh, lifespan. You know, mm -hmm. uh, they charge premium uh, pricing. There's a lot of advantages for being at the top of the curve. Um, but I think when we're talking B2B and where relationships are important, it, it, it still doesn't take away that you have to still maintain those physical relationships. But think about this, how many people can one person contact, have a meaningful dialogue with in a given month, you know, 100, 200, somebody's really on the ball you know i don't know 300 no you know we have clients that are hitting email to 50,000 100,000 people you know um it's it's insane that companies still throw salespeople at a problem that really should be a balance if i'm looking at a, the cost of acquisition for a company i'm mm -hmm. really looking for a good balance between the two sales costs and marketing costs because if I see one of them's outsized, you know, I know there's a problem there. Um, and usually it's sales that's outsized because salespeople are expensive. Yeah. See, we reveal important things in the show. Salespeople are expensive. Yeah. yeah. You know, and you, you just talked about something I think is really important, too. And, you know, everybody has heard this, but I don't know if they put it into the proper perspective with regard to this relationship marketing. But just like you were talking about, it costs a heck of a lot more money to go out and get a new customer, whether that's through the salespeople or other channels, than it is to take good care of your existing customers and maybe get more business out of them, or at least maintain that relationship. So, but everybody's like you were saying, everybody's so busy, whether it's hiring salespeople or doing everything else, chasing after the new stuff where maybe some of the best stuff could be right in front of you if you just strengthen that relationship so, or expand so busy, it. busy uh, burning money. That yeah. there, uh, can't uh, well you know let's get specific about this you know i mean uh the phenomenon we're talking about here is that these marketing things that you do um you know we both advocate for an integrated strategy you don't just do one thing you do a a, a, a system of things so that the customer in the middle of that system thinks yeah. holy shit these guys must be great and i keep hearing about them everywhere well that's because we're putting you everywhere you know that customer is but that equates to more desirability, higher value perception. Um, marketing's good at that. So they might see you in social media. That's a touch. They might get an email from you. That's a touch. They might see you speaking at a conference. That's a touch. Read about you in the business journal. That's another touch. The, finally, at some point, maybe they contact one of your sales reps or something, right? But these 
things, social media, email, media, can be a proxy for meat sack. They're proxies, right? So people perceive it as the same, the same strength of relationship when maybe they don't really know you at all, but they've been getting your email for 10 years. Yeah. That's just as strong of a relationship. Mm -hmm. So does marketing, is marketing a relationship uh, mutually exclusive? Doesn't seem like it so far. And I think in the but, post we give some things, uh, some four or five things that, uh, you know, maintaining relationships, one of them is brand awareness, right? If you just right. want to spread the word. Uh, you know, I think of the music business. One of the things we did is we always had, when we had, a, when we had a band back in the day, we always made sure we were in all the listings everywhere because people would be like, I keep seeing these guys everywhere. You know, we'd make up gigs that we, when we didn't even have gigs, we'd just list them. Um, but part of that too was, if you're, if you're doing a really good job of this, people tend to talk about you, right? So it's like, exactly. it's this expanding vortex of buzz that can be created. Um, and hopefully you're in control of your brand somewhat. Um, mm -hmm. You can't be completely, but a little would be good. Um, you know, uh, and then those brands that, and look, a brand, I say brand, right? It could be product, it could be company, it could be, you know, you've worked for IBM, are you, are you Frank or are you an IBMer? Just the question you got to ask yourself, Frank. Uh, you know, but uh, usually Frank's pretty well trusted, right? He's at the top of the curve, mm -hmm. right? Um, they're getting a lot of engagement from their customers. Um, and all of this is a competitive advantage, I think. Um, and so it's like, I guess why I wanted to start off with this idea that, and, and I, I made fun of it, but it's true that I do hear it a lot that, look, we're all relationship, right? We don't... Mm -hmm marketing we don't got to do I think part of it I think is ego like we don't have to tell people about ourselves um right. but you had a few other things uh you know I mean you you have deep experience in this area in terms of creating the types of programs uh that build trust well I'm t well so go so take it away well I'll give you I'll give you a couple insights and I'll I'll react to a couple things that you said which I think is really important you know you you started discussing having people talk about you, you know, and building those relationships. So, but that's part of like getting that word of mouth going. And so it's like, you've got to, you've got to have an increase in what we refer to as those touch points. Like, like you were talking about Pete, whether it's an email campaign, social media, I mean, we, we need to be staying in touch, but um, how else are you going to build loyalty? How else are you going to get referrals if you're not staying in touch or being top of mind with that brand awareness when somebody thinks about your organization or your products that they they call on you so i think you know i think that that's all critical for this it can't always be a person calling you either because right again right. that's the most expensive thing so yeah. you know a good marketing program is a proxy for those touches which is perceived yeah. just as strong as a regular relationship and yeah. so then there's you mentioned consistency yeah so for sure. Tell me about that. Well, I mean, you know, I mean, I, there's an oldie but goodie book that was written probably 25 years ago by Jan Carlson called Moments of Truth. And one of the things that he talked about was that we in a, in a given day, there could be like 50,000 different touch points where somebody touches your organization. It could be through 
a website. It could be talking to a customer service rep. It could be reading a brochure. It could be, you know, you, you name it, but all of these interactions and to your point about consistency, it, it only takes but one to not be consistent or to have an issue where somebody says, oh, and then all of a sudden you've got a ching against your brand. And then right. is it another one? You know, and it's like, well, you, you, go ahead. I think, and I think I've talked about this before too. Where it's it's not like they go, "Oh, hey, there's an inconsistency here." Right. You know? <laughs> exactly. It's, it's more like it's more like their gut is like, "I don't know about these guys," you know, or no, or, or worse, I don't know what what these guys do. Yeah. Or you know what? I had a really good experience like the first couple of times, and I don't know what happened, but I've had a bad experience now, or something like that. And it sets up red flags, which is not what you want to do when you're when you're right. building a, a strong relationship. So one of the other things though, that I think is so important, Pete, and you, you've talked about this, and I'm going to feed this to you. But people at different levels in their business or where they're at different stages of utilizing your product probably need different types of communication. And so maybe somebody just learning about you or starting out might do some things but like we get a lot of our customers sometimes or prospects i should say where they say oh we're just too busy we don't like you said we don't need marketing we don't need to do anything we are swamped and i always say you know what you still need to do then you might want to increase your touch points and stay in touch with those customers because you're probably too busy to stay in touch with them aren't you yeah, so you know right. so i'm going to feed it to you but you know this i mean we we just have a client that we've been working with right now different points along the way they need different types of media and they know? may have different communication preferences too um yes you yes. know i i think that i think that people might perceive this as we're saying give them a call and be like hey how's it going you know like yeah. no don't do that you know that's that that's something i should ring the bell on don't do that yeah. uh it's our hey, punitive, that's cool. I, I like that it's our punitive yeah. bell you know it's yeah. we're trying to pavlovia uh pavlovia in this thing um yeah. but I, I, you know, we're not talking about that's why this is so hard. You know, if you could just call somebody and be like, hey, man, what's going on? And they're like, hey, well, we got 100 grand to spend. Hey, let's do, you know, and you're done. That'd be great. That's not how business works. Um, it's a lot harder than that. You have to bring some value with you in that. If you're going to follow up with somebody and you're going to maintain a relationship, what are relationships based on? Mutual value. You know, yeah. we should actually, we could do a whole episode on things that repel relationships. So that'd be good. That'd be, that'd be fun. We should do that endless, just for the. Just to be some contrarian sometimes. It'd be like a four-hour episode because there's so yeah. many ways. Uh, yeah. But uh, you know, but I, I think you know, I think we're we're kind of agreeing today. It's we don't always agree, but we yeah. we do tell the truth uh, either way. Um, but this just seems obvious to me because marketing. Maybe that's why it's ironic when I hear it is is relationship is at the core of good marketing, mm -hmm. not crappy marketing though. You know, crappy marketing the, is transactional. Yeah. One of the things, though, again, it could be um, you talked about using some of the email, social media, other ways to stay in touch with the touch points. But I would also tell you that part of that relationship and you talked about it when you said preferences, their communication preferences or when they want it. You kind of hit me across the head with that. It's like if you're not doing some customer research or finding out what the customers want or some of that changing that's all part of the relationship too it's 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 like how can i better understand what you want so that we can help you along the way and so 
yeah. you know, even just doing a small customer study or I know sometimes uh, we bash the salespeople on this, but even having salespeople get out and asking good questions of the customers to build the relationship and listen to them to find out what they need can also be constrained in that relationship. You know, asking great questions can divert, uh, differentiate yourself from competitors who ask stupid questions or don't ask any questions at all. Um, I, I think that's where the competitive advantage comes from is for a lot of the companies that are smaller to midsize, you can bet that their their competitors are not doing a very good job of maintaining relationships. So yeah. it's not like you have to be genius at this. You just need to be better than everybody else, which I find because you know when we do our work, we look at multiple companies and we analyze what right. they're doing. And so we see the picture, um, but it's a lot of them aren't doing nothing. So it's like, right. well, uh, advantage us, right? We're going to do something. Yeah. And if, you know, the more consistent you can be, the more organized you can roll that out, the better your plan. Oh, man, I said a four-letter word. Plan. Yeah. That should have a bell. Be saying yeah. that stuff. Um, yeah. But marketing's all about relationships. And it's also, I think, the most efficient way to get your message out. You want to make sure you have a good message. I mean, I think that's another thing I run into a lot is mm. people are like, uh yeah, hey, check us out online, but uh, don't go to our website, though. Yeah. Why? Because uh, it says all the wrong stuff, you know. It's like, again, that's not <laughs> consistent. You know, yeah. what is? what are you talking about? It's like, well, and, and you know, to give, to give everybody a break, the entire world changed in the last three years. Mm -hmm. So if your marketing hasn't, it's whose fault is that? I don't, it's, it's not nobody's fault. It's not your fault. I don't, you know, I turn into my grandpa sometimes on the show. Have you noticed it? I'm like, hey, what's going on? You know, so just start spouting off in Italian if I could, but I can barely speak English. Uh, but that's, you know, that's that was a that was a thing we heard a lot. But uh, anyway, I'm just taking us off track. We appreciate. Oh, so we're you know, we're going to do we do this every week, every mm -hmm. Thursday at 11 o'clock on LinkedIn. And it sure has been fun. We, we've been don't want to announce this. So we've been doing this now. And I just we just Bill just joined us. I say us, so I talk about me and guests. People think, what, is he a multiple personality? Uh, I think we're going on nine and a half months, 10 months, nine and a half months. It's great. I'm doing this almost every week, except when the power goes out suddenly, yeah. which is ridiculous. I said, I said, hey, I think the power's going to go out. And I don't know if it happened this way, but it feels like this. And I'm like, power's out. And I was and picturing been, you. If I would have been a good co-host and worth anything... Uh, I might have been able to carry on, but you're like, oh, we don't have a good enough relationship. I don't trust him enough to <laughs> be able to right. do that. So we need to be doing more of the social media so that I can get to know you better. Is that what it is? Well, no. You know what it is? Uh, the whole infrastructure for this thing resides here on these machines. And yeah. uh, it's like once the Internet's off, boy, it's it's done, done and over. Uh, and, and so people know how we do this. It's not a big secret. We're, we're talking to each other on Zoom. Right? We're using a, a program called OBS Studio and puts it together and puts nice graphics on it and then outputs it to another platform called Restream. And then that outputs it to a whole bunch of platforms. Like if you want to subscribe to us on YouTube, you could do that. Uh, yeah. Pretty soon we're going to be on Apple Podcasts. We'll have to get yeah. that intro ironed out to, to be on Apple Podcasts. What happened is, see, and you can't hear this. Bill can't hear this because he's just sitting on Zoom. All of this happens out in the virtual world. Uh Ray Charles is supposed to keep singing when we make the transition, yeah. and then we gradually roll him off. Uh, but this time I made the transition, and man, it was just me, all me, every day, all me. 
And that's what I like about this show. It's all, no, it's not. I, I, I'm really glad that you're hosting. I think this is a great topic, and I hope Thank we've, you. we've been a little silly. Uh, I think having the power out for a couple of days will do that to you, but yeah. um, hopefully can, we've given some good points. Yeah, can, maybe I can. Uh, I've got a couple of points I'd like to share, and then maybe I can get your reaction to this. Um, what, one of the things that I think is really important with regard to the relationship building, and then I want to tell a story if I can before it... Uh, which Please, might do we have all the time in the world? Yeah. <laughs> no, we do. <laughs> all the listeners live will, will yeah. shy it out, but yeah, but you and I can talk. Yeah, I, I get Absolutely. it. You know, we'll just do that. But one of the one of the things that I also wanted to talk about is a lot of times, you know, it doesn't matter if it's a salesperson or an organization. So, like, like when we're doing like a customer study, for example, Pete, you know, we'll ask for people to give us their list or whatever so that we can survey customers or whatever the case is. I have to tell you, nine out of 10 times, that takes longer for them to get their list to us than for us to actually put together the survey because they haven't done a good job of keeping track of people in that are their customer base. Now, they might yeah. know their customers, but they don't know all of the different contexts or whatever. And so one of the things I think about keeping a good relationship is keeping, you know, having a way to keep those contacts. But the other thing, and I was going to ask you about this to get your reaction. Maintaining your what data, a, you're talking yeah. about. What about, what about though, looking at people at different levels, you know, because everybody goes, oh, this is the main person that bought from us. It's the purchasing, man, you know, but maybe there's other people that are influencing or maybe others in the organization that are important to develop relationships with or stay in touch with. And people... I just see it all the time. They just don't pay attention to that. What, what well, do you see? I, you know, I think I know why, though. Uh, I think it has to do with the way that people use or don't use CRMs, right? This is all like a classification issue. Yeah. Like, how do you how do you not only make sure they get into the system, which would be the CRM, uh, but that they get classified? And there, there's always been a resistance to CRMs ever since they were rolled out. And I, I know this because we worked with SAP back in the day when CRMs were relatively new. And one of yeah. the biggest problems they had were, were they were asking people to change how they work on a day-to-day -day basis, which is what is, you know, if you're going to use a CRM, you live out of it, you know, no doubt. Um, and I think that's still a problem. I think adoption is a big, big problem there. Um, you know, so I think that's, that's part of it. Um, mm -hmm. but it still results in the same problem is that it, it's hard to get your data together. If you're a $20 million company or a $3 million company or a, you know, I've seen a hundred million dollar companies that their data was just a mess. And we're not saying, you know, Ooh, shame on you. Your data's a mess. Clean your data, mister, or go to your room. No, we're saying that, Hey, that makes it really hard to maintain relationships in an inexpensive, efficient way. That's, ex right. that's exactly right. So it's like, th that's what's so important. Just like what you're saying is like, do we know the right people to stay in touch with and build that relationship? And if you don't have, or if you don't maintain a good list that's ongoing, you know, it's going to, it's going to really end up hurting you in the long run. And then, you know, the message, what you send them needs to be really relevant to them. Right. I think mm -hmm. I did a podcast a few years ago about this, about, you know, Russian bride emails and, you know, yeah. uh, all kinds of manner of supplements that uh, I don't need any of that stuff. What are you sending it to me for? Um, yeah. And it's literally their, their strategy is to send it to everyone. It's like, hey, it's nothing personal, man. We're just terrible yeah. at targeting. Um, yeah. In fact, I get emails from a, a client of mine who has somebody who's 
he's obviously in a uh, cycle of emails and they're, they're truly just terrible and he's just laughing at them and it and he's laughing because he's just not a target yeah so poor targeting again poor data poor data is like a yeah. a tree trunk that branches yeah. off into a million terrible directions yeah um but it's hard to do that and you know and, yeah like everything yeah absolutely. everything good is hard um Oh, I wanted to talk about measurement, too. So, cool. you know, there is this perception that, you know, well, how do you measure that? Mm-hmm. You know, are we talking about measuring the status of the relationships or, you know, what's the what's the tracking side of that? That's a great question. Do you do you want to address that or do you want me well, to kind of maybe you no, know, I'm asking you. I mean, I have a theory. I have, you know, I, I know how we've I think, done it. I but. think I think you can. And uh you and I have worked with each other long enough that um, you're going to comment about the lifetime value of a customer. So I know you're going to address that. You're gonna, but you're gonna, I'll spike the ball on that. Okay. I think you will. I think you will. Um, but yes, you can measure. I mean, like, okay, let's, I'll, I'll just give you like a, a easy bunny. What about measuring how many referrals from an existing customer get to a new customer? You know what I mean? So are, are people tracking that? That's one way to what's one way to measure it. So uh, that's really good. When we've done some of our brand studies or, or customer studies, you know, we'll ask them, you know, to give us a score on the likelihood that they'd recommend you. You know what I mean? Right. That's a score or that they understand your brand promise, what it is that you offer them or deliver to them. I mean, so there are there are ways to do that. If I was running an organization with their marketing department, I might track how many uh, times we've touched a customer and how many times does it take that touch, you know, before existing business expands, you know, we get more business with them or whatever, but maybe you can jump in and then I'll react some more. Well, here's the good news though. A lot of this stuff now is a lot easier to measure and can be measured in real time. And I think you were talking about the much maligned net promoter score. Uh, yes. But, yes. You know, asking them and then measuring it. But again, you got to have people that are willing to do it and, and that are yeah. able to record it. But nowadays, there's a lot of ways. Uh, you know, Google has a huge thing coming. G4, they're retiring their old system of doing analytics and moving to a new yeah. one. And it has yeah. to be set up a little bit differently. But so much of this can be automated in terms of tracking. And what you're really looking at is not the numbers themselves necessarily, but the trends. Right. It's mm-hmm. like, how are we trending? You know, like our, and, and the relationships is something that has to be measured over a period of time, usually a longer period of time than clients want to deal with. But it's yeah. like, hey, uh, are they is their lifetime value? Oh, see, I said it. Uh, is did. it I, is it getting I fed that to you? Is it getting longer? Yes. You know, I mean, you won't know that, but it's like you, you will start to see the average lifespan or I mean, if you're tracking stuff, you start to see stuff, but you got to start tracking stuff. Yeah. Um, and so, I mean, all of these are, I, I think today's moral of the story is that anything good is hard. Yeah. I mean, and you've already talked to me about this a million times too. How many times, if you do send an email or you send something, what's the open rate? What's the response rate? Are, are people clicking through? I mean, all of that stuff can be measured. Like you said, there's so many good analytics out there now. Well, we did an episode on this idea and we should do one again, but are you measuring the right things or are you measuring yes. the things that are easy to measure? You know, yep. I mean, if you're an old codger like me, uh, you remember the birth of the Internet 
Yeah. I mean, I remember Al Gore being in labor and all that, uh, but I was there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and, it uh, was it was quite a time. He, didn't he go through a Lamaze class? Oh, it was, uh, <laughs> yeah, it was wild. And uh, I remember as a young, you know, selfly appointed CEO, I said to myself, this internet thing, you know, I think we'll give it a couple of years to see if it becomes yeah. a thing, right? And we yeah. did that actually, and, and we jumped in pretty fast, but we have that perspective of being able to see that. Um, and I think once you're able to see the progression of, of the way the industry latched on to how we measure things, yeah. a lot of the things we measure at the beginning of the whole internet deal, those were the easiest things to measure. So that's what we measured. Right. Um, and I think that there's a lot of questioning of that going on right now. Are we measuring the right inputs for the right outputs, this kind of thing. But, um, that experience is why we exist. Uh, you know, we're able to see things in a different way than maybe some of our very highly capable, but lesser experienced brethren. Um, and so we like to share that on this program. It's kind of the idea, why do we do this? Not to just hear ourselves talk. Although you can tell I like to hear myself talk, don't you? I can hear it in these headphones and I sound amazing. Oh yeah, the crowd's uh, cheering for you I can right listen now. to that. I can hear that crowd roaring. Oh, yeah, just so you know. <laughs> listen to myself um, all day. No, we hope that you get some value from it and that you just learn about marketing a bit and why not to hire us necessarily. Although you probably could if you had enough money, but so that you make better decisions in general about your marketing. Yeah. Um, what? What? Let's let's uh, share just a couple of tips, maybe, or like give give the audience, Pete, something um, interesting that they didn't think about or that they should start to consider doing in their business that has something to do with relationship marketing or something that they're not going to hear from reading a, an article or a blog post about this that, that you've got just kind of based on your experience <laughs> that will that will help somebody out. I love that I thought that you were going to give those points, but you actually like uh, volunteered me to do it. Uh, so I, I can share that. a few too if you want. No, but, no, uh, I, I think I got some. Okay. I got one, I think. Okay, beautiful. Uh, I think it. if you catch yourself saying, hey, our, our business is all relationship-based, we don't need to do marketing. What's wrong with you? Okay, that'd be one. Yes, yeah. one bullet point. If you say that, to, uh, to, then throw up a red flag on yourself and give Bill a call. <laughs> I don't know about that. That's my bullet point. Okay, I like that one. You said you have, give me another one and I'll, uh, I'll try to think of a better one. Like, and I know that some of the, the salespeople do this, but I would just ask somebody like, are you are you keeping track of, your interactions with your customers. Say, for example, like if you even have a phone conversation with somebody or you are a salesperson and you're out making a call and somebody tells you that they're going on a vacation or that their wife is sick or that somebody's having a baby or something else. I mean, are you recording that someplace in the organization or someplace for yourself so that you can remember those things when you talk to them again. I mean, it's it's all part of building that relationship. So I think I, I do think that that is a key thing. Well, um, let's say let's say you work for a smaller company, and, and let's say yeah. they subscribe to Salesforce. Really common scenario, right? Yeah. In my opinion, yeah. Salesforce is a big bloated mess, very complicated. It does have lots of custom fields if you know how to use them. Yeah. So this yeah. would be a custom field thing, but in, in any CRM. But yeah. sometimes, you, if you're an individual working in that matrix. You know, you might have to have a separate system of your own on the side. Like, for example, a lot of times 
our clients may have an extensive ERP system that they yeah. work out of day to day, but we might have them use a simpler sales CRM like Pipedrive, for example. And no, they yeah. didn't pay me to say that. I use it, it yeah. just works. Uh, but you know, those are the kinds of things I think we learn over time about, you know, all of this theorizing is just great, but me yep. as a business guy, how do I implement this shit, right? right. Um, it's right. simple stuff like that. It's like, hey, you know, we're very good at quickly spotting the problems and working our way around, but that, that would be a workaround. Um, yeah. Let's say that you don't have control over the way you're, uh, some people, uh, corporate controls the fields in their ERP, right? There's no place to put the info, right? right. Well, start a separate system because, exactly. you know, I personally don't like it when people know some personal stuff about me and they're like, hey man, happy birthday, which is gonna happen a lot to me in the next few days. Uh, people that don't know me are going to wish me happy birthday and I don't think they really care. Uh, but it is interesting if you can skillfully drop those things and, and, you know, like I'm terrible with names. Like I should write people's wives' names down or their own, or their names too, actually. I can't remember anyone's name. Um, that, that kind of information I think is really good to have. And, yeah. you know, um, you know, there's other things about the, the status of a project. Sometimes a, yeah. something gets put into a system and it just never gets updated. I mean, it's right. You could have really strong pro, uh, processes and really strong software, but people don't follow the processes. I mean, so, yeah. you know, I think we talk a lot about sort of idealized ideas of marketing, but really down in the trenches, shit's hard. That's today's theme. Yeah. Um, yeah. Anything good? The other, the other, the other thing that maybe you can comment on, but I've seen uh, everybody talks about like the customer's journey. Like, do you understand the customer's journey? A lot of people look at that customer journey only from where they first hear about the company until they maybe buy something. They, you know, so it's like, what is the journey for the buying process? They don't ever say that, but that's what they mean. But I think it goes further. So like it's like the journey is like what do people need even after maybe they buy something from you or work with you or whatever. And so that's part of that journey, too. And I don't think people understand that enough as well. Maybe you can chat about that. Or oh, that's in. interesting. No, I think a whole episode could be dedicated to, you know, the buyer's journey is as much about, you know, I think marketing people put a lot of emphasis on the emotional parts of the buyer's journey and that sort of thing. As, yes. as a tactician, you know, they might think of in terms of what are the touch points and which, you know, uh, there's a lot of that discussion comes back to attribution and how we measure our mm -hmm. our marketing. And so I think that should have its own episode. That'd um, be a fun one. I'd love that one. But I know. think the, the too long didn't read version of it is that the buyer's journey, um, it probably isn't what you think it is. Mm -hmm. It has a lot more parts to it. And the thing that put them over the edge might not have been the thing that they discovered you with. You know, they might have seen that email and then they went to your website. They still didn't click on nothing. Then they met you at a conference and then they gave you a call. And so in, in that scenario, most marketing departments would be like, hey, the website doesn't do nothing. People just call us for some reason. I don't know why, you know, uh, or hey, we, you know, they see social media over and over and over again for six months. And then somebody thinks of you and refers you, relationship marketing, right? Mm -hmm. Why did they think of you? Because you're right. on their social media feed all day. I'm guilty of it. This episode itself, 
we'll have a deja vu moment starting right now where we broadcast it again and again. Um, and so that's how it works. Um, and that, but again, we'd say, hey, that podcast, not doing nothing, right? Yeah. But boy, our phone sure is ringing off the hook, <laughs> you know, and that's really, I think, the crux of it right there. So, um, but yeah, that attribution is actually not only a great topic, it's a big problem. Um, yeah. People are, it's like, you know, uh, we tried nothing and we're all about ideas, you know. Um, it's, they're not, they're not doing marketing right. They're getting bad results from it because they're not doing it right or, or they're doing a little bit at a time or they're not structuring it or there's a million reason, ways to get it wrong, but it's like, mm -hmm. it's a self-reinforcing uh, type of situation. You've been listening to the B2B Marketing Mindset with Pete Monfrey and Bill Lowell. Add to the conversation by commenting, sharing and liking. And don't forget to subscribe and check out the links in the comments. Learn more at b2bmarketingmindset.com.